It is time to strengthen your faith, deepen your understanding of the Word of God, move from poverty to prosperity, and rest in the wealthy place. Join Dr. Osara Emafai, the lead pastor of the Lakeview Foursquare Gospel Church, Lagos, Nigeria, and founder of Ed John School of Management, and alumnus of Oxford University, Cranfield University, Hertfordshire University, and University of Lagos. One informative, educative, and impactful program, Wealthy Place. So thank you everyone for being with us again today uh, on this episode of the Wealthy Place. My name is Dr. Osa Emokpai. Today I will be speaking on the principles for movement and momentum. The principles for movement and momentum. In other words, moving from one state to the other, there are principles. And interestingly, the fundamental principles are found in the scriptures. And that is why I will anchor this principle on the scriptures, on the word of God. Of, of course, I will draw some contemporary theories and uh, you know, wisdom that will complement uh, what's there in the scripture. Of course, which is also rooted in the scripture anyway. Because so many people say certain things, they don't know that they're actually quoting the scripture because they don't even know the verse in the scripture. Let me just take you first to Luke 4, 18 to 19. Because what I'm talking about this is the principles for movement and momentum. Luke 4, 18 to 19. See what Jesus said. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He didn't say ministry until the Spirit was upon him. So he needed that Holy Spirit, Jesus, Spirit of God. Because I really don't know how you can get momentum without the Holy Spirit. So he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He was talking about the Holy Spirit. And he then showed evidence. Reason why. Reason why. He said, because he had anointed me to do. To do. And what did he tell him to do? He said to preach the gospel. Who is he going to preach the gospel to? He said to the poor. He then went on to then say, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to captives to the captives, and recovering of sight to those who are blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. So you will see Jesus. The God's Son will not start to do anything until he had the Holy Spirit being upon him. And recognizing that he needed the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to do those assignments that the Father gave to him. And he went to enunciate those assignments. Beloved, it's always important to know what you are called for. Don't just be anything, Jackie, you know, just uh, uh, all everywhere, master of no anything. Jack of all three must have nothing. No, 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 no. There is an area where you are called. Is that, is that area in which you prosper? Is, is that area in which you will be successful? So it's important you know it. So the first item for momentum, the first item, not what I've said, underscore it, for momentum, that is, momentum is about, is about quantum movement. Momentum, quantum, quantum movement. Momentum is not about being slow. There are some people, until they get to 70, they, don't, they are not saved. In fact, when 
we had a conference in Israel last year in Nazareth. There was a 75-year-old man that had, we had to baptize, you know, at River Jordan. You don't need to get that. It's very slow. So quantum, when you talk about momentum, moving momentum, if you do not discover your purpose in time and articulate it, it's not just discovering it, you articulate it and document it, you are not likely to be able to move far in life. So first item of momentum is discovery of our purpose. So I did share that when in, in, in looking at uh, purpose, there are three levels of purpose. There's a paradigm, there's a paradigm, there's a macro, and then there's a micro dimension. So these are three levels. You know, the paradigm, the macro, and the micro dimensions. In the earlier uh, telecast, I spoke about the paradigm. I also shared with us the macro, and also shared some areas of the micro dimensions. But you find that all these are provided in the world. They are provided in the world. If you are actually spending time on the word of God, if you spend time studying the word of God, like you watch television, do other things, if you spend enough time, I'm telling you, you will find these three within it. It was the word that gave me mine. It's the word. I, my, I, just, I just enjoy I just read the scriptures. I just enjoy it. And every single time I read, you know, when God just showed me, he gave me, he said, my, uh, he said, he said uh, uh, my will, my will, my will. I was reading the scriptures. You know, in the last three months in my church, that is all we'll be considering, the will of God. And just yesterday, God gave me another team for the next three months. I see people say they get team every week. I say, well, thank God for your, for your, listen. as I was looking the word of God, it just came to me. And he then said, you have one team for the last quarter of the year, love. First Corinthians 13. So, beloved, if you want momentum in your life, you need to spend time on the Word of God. Because the paradigm, which I told you of, the paradigm, the macro, micro, the three dimensions of purpose, they are all enunciated, they are within the Word. Now, when that paradigm, but can you begin to move on to macro and micro levels, dimensions, then you begin to see area of your passion. Area where you are delivering value to society. Area where you are delivering solutions. Because people are not interested in just buying products. They are interested in buying solutions. People are not just interested in services. They are interested in solutions. And if your passion cannot generate solution for someone else, you are not called. Because God will not call you to something that is unproductive. So that's what I want to tell you. So such, such, such call will of course honor and glorify God. And there will be evidence. The evidence is fruitfulness. I remember in 1995, I was invited to minister to pastors, you know, in the First Art District in those days at Whistley Pine. And I was to minister on strategic planning. And I remember I was sharing. And I said, if a pastor is a church and uh, you are just having one, two, three people, one year, two year, three year, four year, five years, 10 years, no, you are not called to that. Go to somewhere because fruitfulness is the evidence of, of your call. There must be fruitfulness in your call. Even when I doubted my call, you know, onto marketplace uh, ministry, I doubted it for two years. I remember my own pastor then told me, he said, we can see the evidence of your call. It's multiplying. You are planting churches. You are planting this. Your business is growing. You are, you are teaching, you are being invited. 
You go and preach in Germany. You go and, what evidence do you want? What evidence? He said, what else do you want to, God to tell you as a proof that you are called? So, beloved, you know, the evidence of your call is fruitfulness. If you are not fruitful, no, you are not called. That's the way I see it. That's what the scripture says. Because Jesus also said it. You know, if you remember those, uh, uh, you know, this thing producing fruit. I didn't go, you didn't get fruit. Jesus just caused it because it was not doing what it was supposed to do. It's supposed to produce fruit to be eaten. You know, so let me now just take you to, to uh, under because within that call, you must have vision and dream. Because vision and dream is what helps you to capture uh, that call. You know, in Habakkuk 2, 2 to 5, you know, uh, you talk about the dream. Uh, but let me also vision. But you see, Joseph dreamt of the wedding place where everyone would bow to him, including his father, including his mother, including everybody. And you know what the father said? And the father was then saying, can I bow to you? He saw it in a dream. Do you know when I started pastoring, we were pastoring. My, my church was in my house. We were just at the front of my house. We put canopy there. We'll be dancing. Sunfly will be biting our legs, eating our legs, our children. They were all their blisters everywhere. One day I just slept and I dreamt. And I just saw angels putting keys into my hands. And I then found that I was trying to figure out what are these keys. Then I then found meaning. That was actually keys to the house was going to give to us for church. Do you know that same house we used for 12 years before we built our sanctuary? It came to me in a dream. So this issue of dream is something I've experienced. So I'm not just telling you because the Bible says it. The Bible said it, but I've, I'm, I'm, I have evidence that dreams can actually speak to you. Particularly if you saturate your mind with the word of God. Because some people, when they go and be watching magic, African magic and other kinds of, they dream all kinds of wicked dreams, somebody cutting them in their, this is somebody breaking their leg, uh, somebody putting them in coffin and all that. It's because of what you are watching. Don't watch those things. Watch a defined programs. Like the one that we are recording now, you know, on first square television. Those are the kinds of things that are defined. When you watch those things, you dream and see God. You won't be seeing people chasing you and people you are falling down the way or you got naked in your dream or something happened to you. You see, you, you actually dream what you focus on, what you watch. So if you focus on the word of God, word of God will reveal to you his purpose for your life. Praise be to the Lord. Now let me also quickly talk about um, um, belief system. Belief system, what do you believe? Say, I can achieve all things through Christ that strengthens me. You know, there are some people who believe that they cannot, uh, you know, they can't do anything. You know, talk about the spies, for instance. You know, there were 10 of them out of the 12 spies. Go and look the promised land. We didn't tell you, we are not interested in your own idea about what is there. It's just go and see that it's a fruitful place. They return two people in their own belief system because of their mindset. They said, ah, the place is beautiful. I know when, when we go there, we shall be far because we saw giants at our part. We saw big, big people there. But what did they, what did they, what did they say? He said, ah, we saw giants though. This thing will kill us. And you see, their belief system did not allow them to enter the The ten of them perished. You know, Caleb, because he had another spirit. And Joshua, who was putting water in the hands of Moses, the two of them entered the promised land. But these other ten did not. So your belief system is very important, you know, in this journey to the worthy place. Now, that belief system takes me on now to this. I want to just share something with you on the growth, what I call the growth mindset. You know, the growth mindset, you know, when Romans 12, 1 to 2 said, 
I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That by testing you, you may then discern what is the will of God. That is good and acceptable and perfect. Let me tell you, you can never walk in the will of God when you don't have a renewed mind. And that's what I mean by this mindset. Now, there's this professor, you know, before, you know, the, the, the word I said, you find that in number 1330, you can get that there. And, uh, you know, you can also get some bit of that in Ephesians uh, 423. But there's something I want to just share with you about this professor, Professor Dweck. Professor Dweck. Professor Dweck, I, I, I just like, you know, that, uh, you know, that theory that Professor Dweck developed. Professor Dweck at that time when he developed this model of the growth mindset and the fixed mindset was a professor in Stanford. And I studied it when I was myself studying in Oxford University. You know, so it was during our, in our business school. It was one of the cases we had to study about mindset. And how mindset determines what our lives become. So I studied that. We studied the work of, of uh, Carol Dweck, the feast mindset and the, you know, the growth mindset. You know, you find amongst people on earth. And why some people will never, ever, ever go, will never get onto their place where God wants them to be. They will never maximize their potential. They will never get to the fifth level of the worthy place because of their mindset. And let me just share them with you. Now, he said, in his mindset, this mindset is always talking about the past. They tend to work on the past. They can never see goodness in future. They will always tell you that in 1955, that's the way we did church. So church today must be done that way. You want to go to the UK. He tells you, in those that used to do Keno, want to enter Keno, they can't see the, the beauty of an aircraft. He said, intelligence is static in his mindset. I'm using the work of Car Professor Carol Dweck now. He said, it leads to a desire to look smart, therefore, to a tendency to avoid challenges. That's number one. They avoid challenges, his mindset. They give up easily. That's number two. They see efforts are fruitless or waste because to them, what will be, will be. They don't know they have a role in their own lives. They just believe what will be, will be. They ignore useful negative feedback. When a feedback comes, it's negative, they ignore it. For instance, in doing my second doctorate, if I tell you the kind of feedbacks I'll be having, sometimes I get very angry. I, I thought it was actually racist. But so many sense, I believe the Holy Spirit was speaking to me, is that if you, you know, take these critical feedbacks. I took them. And you see my dissertation was improving and improving as I took those things. So you see, they, they ignore useful feedback. They feel threatened by the success of others. They feel threatened by the success of others. So those are people who we see somebody as successful, they are, they are angry. They feel threatened, except they are the only ones successful. That's his mindset. Because they don't recognize that up there, is so, there are so few people up. And there is space for everybody there. So because they believe in a mindset that is static, so when somebody else is growing, they go into jealousy, and they go into they feel very threatened. As a result, they play too very early in their lives. 
and they never achieve their full potential. And this confirms a deterministic view of the world. Deterministic view of the world is that what will go, what will, what will happen will happen. It doesn't require my own interaction. Whereas he then spoke on the growth mindset, and this was a study that was conducted for several years on people, and they then found that growth mindset. Let me just take you through. Intelligence can be developed in growth mindset. You can actually develop your mind, and you see this. This coincides with the word of God. He leads to a desire to learn, and therefore to a tendency to embrace new challenges. New challenges. For instance, it's like, you know, we're running a convention during the pandemic. People couldn't think, couldn't understand. How can you run a convention that have both physical, you know, and virtual components? During a, during, during a pandemic, lockdown, we, we ran a con... If it's myself, can't, can't see, can't understand why that can happen. They can't. And why the, the, the churches were all closed, so many churches were closed down. We were open throughout the lockdown because we knew there was something we could do that would make the government to allow us to open. And we're doing it every week. And the church was open every Thursday for worship. So that is what, so, you know, you, you embrace challenges. You persist in the face, you know, of setbacks. You persist, persist in God is a God of long suffering. You persist in it, don't get tired. See effort as a part of mastery. You know, to mastery in your area. See effort. Don't see effort as something that what will be, will be. I don't need to waste time. So if I put effort, I just waste it. No. Every effort is putting you close to destiny. He said they learn from criticisms. They learn from criticism. They find lessons and impartation in the success of others. In other words, when I see a friend successful, what do I do? Rather than being jealous, I want to learn. So I go near that friend. Can you teach me? Can you teach me? Are there some attributes? Are there some habits I need to learn? Because there are, there are clear attitudes that we need to be successful. There are attitudes. A man who wakes up in the morning and he go back to bed and he's sleeping, when he ought to just uh, uh, pray and then begin to say, God, what do you have for me today? And he go back to bed because of a dream he had. He can never do well. There are principles. So, so they find lessons and impart from the source of all that they will ask the others. How did you succeed? As a result, they reach over, they reach higher and higher and higher level of achievement. All this gives them a sense, a greater sense of free will and momentum. It gives them a sense of momentum, a sense of moving with speed, leapfrogging, leapfrogging. You know, that uh, document that is uh, mindset as the one, I will just show, you know, uh, and uh, is there, I will show you. So if you believe that um, your qualities are unchangeable, uh, that means you have uh, a fixed mindset. Uh, you will want uh, to prove yourself correct over and over again, even when you are not, you will not learn anything. You will not learn anything. The principles of momentum, they are enunciated within the growth mindset. What I call the principles of momentum. Quantum leap, leapfrogging in life. You don't need to pass from level one to level two to level three. You can actually move from level one or to level five or to the pinnacle. If you can, if you can, if you can catch the vision of God for your purpose, you can find your place within the paradigm, within the macro and the micro, and then you can begin to walk. You know, in that you're calling, 
you know, and, um, you know, walking that with that we're calling with a growth mindset. And I, well, I'm always growing, I'm always learning. I'm always, my attitudes, I'm always doing things, you know, that would take me to the next level. I'm always preparing for it, you know. So you then begin to walk with what we call the, the law of momentum. The law of momentum. You see, let me give you some examples of this law of momentum. How diligent are you in other people's job? Okay, if you are an, an apprentice, how diligent are you working with the owner of the business? If you're an assistant pastor, how diligent are you as an assistant pastor? And you want to be a senior pastor. So these are issues. And, and the Bible is very clear about it. Luke 16, 12. He said, if you are diligent in other people's things, he said, that he said, God will give you joy. He will provoke the heavens to release yours to you. So in that law of momentum, the issue of diligence is very central. How diligent are you where you are now? In other people's things. You find that is the diligence of Joshua that took him to the promised land. It's the diligence of Elisha that gave him double portion of Elijah. Listen. It's the diligence in the life of Paul that Barnabas took him and took him to Jerusalem to go and show him to the other apostles. Diligence is very critical within the law of momentum. I will give you an example. I had my former employers to set up a security company. Let me just give you this practical example. Most people did not know it was not mine. Even my own pastor didn't even know that the company was not mine because I helped to set that company up. Because my, the job then was a marketing company where people were into consulting. It was not security, providing security for lives and properties. But the, my boss said I should, uh, uh, he called me, being the strategic planning director of the group, to be able to help set up a security company. I did it. And I called a friend who gave me a building, his own building, to do it. So that friend actually thought that the company was mine. He didn't know it wasn't mine. So, so and I worked so diligently concerning that company. Today, that company is one of the three biggest security companies in Nigeria. I saw 20, 13 years after working for uh, that company, I decided to leave that group. I decided to leave that group. And at that time, I believe it was divinely orchestrated. I didn't really want to leave yet, but somehow uh, I discussed with my pastor and I left. And that was set up. Let me tell you what happened when I set up. In 10 years I set up, God gave me a security company. And if I tell you what what, 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 what comes from that security company today? So in other words, because I was diligent, somebody else thing, God then decided to give me my own. So that is one of, uh, one of the principles of momentum, diligence in other people's things. Now, in Luke 14, I want to talk about a plan. So you are diligent, but you do plan. In Luke 14, 28 or 31, he's saying that when God lays something in your heart, as a part of the law of momentum, you need to be able to sit down, look at the issues involved, and then assemble materials, and then be able to scale them out, and have milestones in the way you are going to use these things, and how the feedback system is going to work. That's what we call planning. That's what Jesus spoke about in Luke 40, 28 or 31. Go and read it, and you'll find that out. Now, when you move from that, after you then put the plan in place, what must you then do? Action. 
You see, after Esther prayed, she took action to see the king, even when her life was being put on the line. Because the king could have as well killed her. But after this, she prayed. So many of us will go and pray, and after prayer, you go and hide in your room and all that. After prayer, get out and go and get the work done. Action. 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 So you see, a lot of things are achieved in the point of doing, of action. You know? So you see, uh, Joseph uh, also interpreted the kid's dream and all that. Then I would then put persistence because of time. I'll just list them out persistence. That was what gave Hannah a child. She was persistent in the place of prayer. You know, monitoring. You know, it's a. Uh, when you monitor, it helps you to multiply. Celebrate small achievements on the journey. Every single time you have achieved something on the journey, okay, small on the journey, always do some little celebrations. Find a good mentor that mentors you, like Moses was mentoring Joshua. I say, I also have mentors who are mentoring me. You know, there's also the issue of building your social network. It's important. Humility, faith, and finally, prayers and prayers. So, beloved, you need to be in the place of prayer. When you do all these things, you need to wrap them up in the place of prayer. You need to water with prayers. And when you then actually water all these, you know, at the family altar, at your private altar, there is no way in which, you know, the law of momentum will not work for you. That is where I want to close today with you. I want to thank you for allowing me into your homes, and allowing me into your world. I just... Trust God that these things that are coming out will benefit you. It will benefit all those your friends. It will benefit your children, those of you who are adults, and for the young ones, for you to be able to achieve your purpose on this side of eternity. And indeed, for you to make heaven at the end of the day. Thank you so much, and I look forward to seeing you when I come your way again during the next episode.